listening to Omnis's size four enchilada van. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I am here with the legend Vince, or the antagonist of Alfredo's size three taco truck, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast. What's going on, Vince? Uh, uh, not a whole lot. I didn't. I didn't realize I had entered the creepy van. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got. Uh, I have candy actually. So, oh, candy. <laughs> wanted to, wanted to lure you in. So uh, I didn't know you were the antagonist of your show. That's something that Doctor Jake just like let me know, and so I decided to throw that out there. The yeah. the devil's advocate of your own podcast, so to speak. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Somebody's it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah, man. There's a uh, buddy. I don't think he really plays MCP, but um, buddy Sam. He was always the one of the best people that I ever brought on the show for like really being kind of uh, not controversial, but like always presenting the other side of things and always willing to argue for the other side. And it made it made tactical discussions very interesting. So I, I respect what it does for the show. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's a a thing that a lot of podcasts can fall into where you're hanging out with your friends, you play in the same meta and slowly your viewpoints merge and you can create really boring radio by accident. Yeah, you have like the Venom Web Warrior show for a while, but thankfully you're on the Shield train now. <laughs> Heck yeah, dude! Shield's the best. You want to talk? You want to talk to me about Shield? Maybe we will talk about Shield. But uh, I've given uh, Ghost Ear some crap. But when I was listening to your uh, your your guys's uh, bracketed ranking system, I had such <laughs> mixed feelings because you killed Doctor Strange round one because of course he goes against Venom, which is like your favorite character ever. But then you also like talked up Ronin. And so I had very mixed feelings. Like you represented one of my boys and then I like, shit on the other. And I just, I didn't know how to feel about it. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think we really shit on Dr. Strange. You just got outclassed by the better healer that costs a whole point less. <laughs> yeah. All right. Slow movers, man. He's but not, um, not that slow. <laughs> <laughs> it the literally is short slow. move. Uh, yeah. But he's got a range four. To pull you in. It's good. It's good stuff. Anyway, right. let's not rehash it. You guys should go watch that episode or listen yeah. to that episode. It's really good. We reinvent the tier list by doing a bracket. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's just there's some harsh losses round one that was that was painful. But like I said, there was quite a few it was not all sometimes when people start doing tier list stuff or people talk about how they rank characters, you get some of that kind of like regurgitated basics. Cause obviously not everybody can play everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think once someone gets reasonably competent with one affiliation, if they have a voice, sometimes it's really easy to just give really basic information on other characters. And I will credit you guys with it. It really seemed like as you were talking about them for the most part, I felt like you kind of gave each character uh, um, a fairly reasonable justification for its slot. But you do love Venom a lot. I, I do love Venom. I can't believe people aren't on that. And you know what? S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't changed my opinion at all. <laughs> I, see, the, the weird thing is, is I played Venom a ton when he came out. Like, Venom was in all my lists, and it wasn't until the Pagani moment where he dropped deadly meteors on me. And suddenly I was like, I have to figure out how I'm going to do pay to flips. Then it became very hard to uh, fit in a two energy defense for threat character. And then spider portals came out. It got even harder. Um, 
So, uh, I get it. Like, I'm not a Venom hater. He is, there's a lot about him I like. Yeah. Um, but, uh, man, I am, I am hyped for, for Second Wind. So, listeners, if you are not aware, um, Vince for quite a while has put on a tournament in Chicago at a brewery. What was the brewery's name? It's, uh, Alarmist Brewery and Taproom. Alarmist Brewery. So, I, I'm excited. I was curious because I know you guys ran this event back for Guild Ball. Was it always called Second Wind or was it called something else back in the day? So it was, it's always been called Second Wind because uh, back then it was really common to like name your tournament after some ability in the game yeah, or whatever. And we're like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of fun. But like, what do we call it? And then Chicago is often called the Second City. Or the Windy City. I did not know it was called the Second City. I was going to ask if the Windy City was kind of a, a hidden pun in there, but it's called the Second City. Yeah. So, uh, like, New York is the first city. Chicago is the second city. And then, like, one of the referencing that same thing, like one of the most, like, uh, I don't want to say popular, but like most influential uh, improv places in the entire country is the second city theater right you hear about like colbert came out of there Carell came out of there right like uh, a really uh kind of like a big deal so it's uh so we just combined those two terms second wind was the most broken ability in the game at the time of naming the tournament makes sense and got nerfed and then lo and behold we decided to become an mcp event <laughs> uh, last year after COVID breaks, because we're and, now Guild Ball died. Now we're playing Marvel, and there's a card called Second Wind. <laughs> and we're not like, played very much, but there is a card. Oh, I think it's gonna. I think it's about to change. I would agree with you. I think there's a lot more justification now. Mind you, Avengers doesn't really have a problem with great cards, but really no. but I think Second Wind is better than a lot of unaffiliated cards at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I, so, uh, Dr. Jake was giving me, you know, he was talking me up about this event and I think he was right on the verge of going, but COVID was still a little risky last year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was kind of following how things were going and I really enjoyed, um, recording with bots listeners. That was the, uh, you know, the battle report I did with someone that you'd never heard of before, unless you were a Guild Ball fan, and his road to victory playing Black Order, which I actually got a lot of positive feedback on that episode. I think there wasn't a lot of tournament reports, and people actually liked hearing kind of what what the journey to success over the course of a full tournament was like for Black Order, because it's got its fans for sure. Absolutely. And like, uh, I really respect the heck out of bots. Obviously, I, I podcasted with him for years. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy the way that he talks about stuff as well as the way that he will like unabashedly be like, this was broken. So I played it. And, that's <laughs> and like, very honest. Exactly. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You'd be like, I think so. MCP has a very mixed crowd. There's very competitive players. There's very casual players, but I think I just really enjoy the honesty of, I wanted to win and I wanted, and I, knew I was going to work hard and I was going to put in the time and I picked the faction that I thought was the most likely for me to win on. And that's what I won with. And I don't think that changes like the accomplishment at all. 
Oh, for, I don't think it does. I, I 100% like, obviously I was been trying to represent for X-Men, but I didn't choose X-Men because I, I mean, I did grow up on the show, but at this point I love like most Marvel things and I will play whatever I feel like gives me a good, interesting, strong chance to win. And I do like a slightly more complicated affiliation, but I don't choose X-Men because I want something bad. I chose X-Men because I actually really liked what they did. And I don't blame anyone for going, this is something I like playing and it's strong. I'm going to play it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think there's anything wrong with either of those approaches to the game, but I think it's just really refreshing not to throw shade at anybody, but I know the TTS league had a season where it was all the same faction in the finals. And then all of them swore up and down, ah, the faction's fine. It's fine. (laughs) It's just everybody playing almost the exact same thing in the finals. But, you know, it's fine. Like, what's not broken is not the strongest thing. I earned my win. It can be the strongest thing and the most broken thing in the game. And you can still earn your right to be there. Every one of those players deserve to be there. Right? When you go through, like, what, a 200-person tournament and you top four. Like, it doesn't matter how broken the thing you're playing is. Like, anybody could have played that thing. Lots of people played that thing. Yeah, lots of people lost with that thing, too. Exactly. Um, um, I do think that was probably more to do with all you've got and the meta that that created than it did necessarily the specific affiliation. But, I mean, I suppose that's also up for discussion. Yeah, well, it's also like it's the alignment of all those things, right? Like, I also think Wakanda could have done really well in that meta. And, mm-hmm. like, punished Avengers, but that was also while Wakanda was in its most nerfed. Yes, when... Like, the, the re-roll, mechan- no, the re-roll yeah. stuff wasn't fixed yet. It was... So it was, like, the perfect counter was also sitting in this kind of, like, non-existent spot where I think that team would be like, all right, I want to, like, you know, kill all of your characters. I'm like, well, I hope you enjoy none of your characters ever being in the position they want to be, and I don't care about killing you. Yeah. <laughs> That was a weird meta to watch. Yeah, it really was. But anyway, second win. So Alex (laughs) Great has won every second win he's played at. But good news, guys, he's running this one. Oh, I was was literally in it. You'd stand a chance. I was going to make a joke. I'm like, so I'm so (laughs) excited to come to second win so that I can lose to bots at some point. Like, I was was totally expecting that to be my journey. But uh, okay, so there's a chance is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, I am the tournament organizer, so I organize the tournament, uh, and I have run it every year, but when we set up to do this, it was a partnership between me, Pat, and Alex, the idea being that we would rotate and two of us would run it every year and one of us would play. Uh, I was very hesitant to give it up. I was supposed to play last year, uh, but with the MCP switch and all the problems that that causes... Yeah. You know, like we changed game systems. I wasn't going to be like, good luck, boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I, I have been a tournament organizer and organized for many events and created events. And it's, it's a shit ton of work. And um, I don't, I don't blame you for both like weighing that very, like I would love to play, but also I really want this to go well and just, there's just a point where you just like have that on your shoulders and it's like, I can't play with this on my shoulders. I have to be making, I have to be part of making it smooth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm a little bit nervous, but they're forcing me to play this year. So I'm going to play this year and 
I'm really looking forward to losing or winning my own <laughs> tournament and being embarrassed about it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that was one of the um even though so the Bellevue LVO qualifier wasn't like my event, but I was also promoting it for Lexa because she wasn't on Facebook. And then people started acting like it was my event. And I was like, <laughs> no, no. Um, and then push came to shove. I was like, oh, man, I don't even know if I want to win a qualifier. That would be really awkward, especially if I decide to still judge the invitational. That I would really hate taking away a uh, spot from other people. And then a uh, friend of mine didn't have a pass. I was like, all right, problem solved. You take my pass and I will help judge. There you but, go. Uh, but, man, I am I'm so excited to get out and do some events. And I'm doing LSO. Uh, yeah, I said the right acronym. LSO. Yes. Um, and then second win happened to fall on the perfect weekend. So I'm not trying to like shit on any of the other events. Just yours happened to be one that was easy for me to take off from work. And so I'm excited to come back to Chicago and it's held in a brewery so I can drink all day. Yeah. And it's, it's an award-winning brewery. They have a couple of awards. I believe their highest honor is they won a best hazy IPA the like year that hazy was like, uh, like hit the scene. Mm. Right. Alarmist is a very good brewery. The space is super cool. Uh, some people play. Yes, some people play in the basement, but <laughs> also some people play right next to the brewery tanks. And it's really cool. And we have some tap room space this year. It's going to be awesome. The event runs October 15 and 16. Uh, tickets should be on sale right as this goes live. Pretty much. Right. Uh, it's $45, which is kind of pricey for a tournament, but it includes... Uh, I mean, it's not being held at a game store. It's being yeah. held at a special location. And is this mm -hmm. is this a one-day event or two-day? This is a two-day event, 15 and 16, and it includes lunch on the Saturday. Nice. And so how do the, how do the rounds work against, so like, how many games are played on Saturday and then how much is played on Sunday? Uh so it's going to depend on how many people of the 64 tickets we actually sell. Let's assume you just sell all of them. So and let's then assume we're at 64. If the thing that has never happened, where <laughs> all 64 people show up, it should be four and two. Okay. Assuming um, that you're going to do less, like, say, for whatever situation, you're going to decide that you're going to break it up into just being five rounds. How would you do it then? Is it, would it be 3-2? Three, would it be 4-1? 3-2. Oh. Um, and then, yeah. So the, the plan is to get as most of the tournament done Saturday and then give people space to travel on Sunday. That's awesome. Man, uh, yeah, this is just, it this sounds like a really fun event. I just, this is something I've been talking with DeLuca about a lot. I think as soon as you go do your first, like, gaming convention, my first one was a lock and load for War Machine. And as soon as I did it, I didn't win anything that year. I think I went three and one in two different events. And I was, and like, my losses were reasonably close. So I was, I was pretty happy with my performance. But I was like, I came out of that event just being like, I cannot wait a full year to do this again. And so I, I certainly like look at the year and go, what stuff can I make it to? What stuff can I try? Is there something I could make it to that I couldn't before? And so uh, listeners, like if this is driving distance for you or, you know, you just, it's a perfect time. Like I'm excited. I'm, I'm 100% going barring like medical emergencies. 
Yeah. Uh, so this event also caters to, so like we're competitive people. For sure. And, you know, like our mindset is on like running a well competitive event. But because of that, like that's not the intent. Like you can't fill a 64 person event with all the most competitive players in the world. Like that's a hard thing to do. Yes. Right. So we cater to everyone. Right. There is a painting competition. I t- we typically give out free prizes. We haven't 100% locked down our categories, but uh, last year it was best overall 10, uh, best hero, best villain. And then if you don't clearly fall into a category, just pick one. <laughs> could've, you could have put Nebula in either slot. Totally fine. So I will say there is a bunch of people that like going into the Bellevue qualifier felt very unprepared or wasn't sure if they were going to do it. And I told them like, you're just going to get in five games back to back. You know, think about all the times you've gone to a game store and you've been annoyed that you got in one game or you got in two games, but it took like six hours to get in your two games. This is just a perfect example. It doesn't matter if you're like social and outgoing or not, you're just going to be assigned an opponent and if you don't care about winning, that's totally fine. Just come in and get in five or six games. And just the, that sort of experience back-to-back is just some of the most fun you'll have at any skill level. And so even if you're not planning to win or think you have no chance to win, I still think going out to events and just playing in them is fantastic. And every single one of those locals that I convinced to play, and like multiple of them ended up going 0-2 the first two rounds, but then, like, one of them ended up going 3-2 overall, and all of them said that they were so happy they came. They loved just getting in five games, and it was a blast, and they just left them more hype for MCP. And so that that's my general feedback for everybody. Well, I think there's also a thing that, like, less casual or more casual players tend to forget about or just don't know about tournaments where, because we're Swiss pairings, so you're always going to play someone with your record. Yep. Right? If you're not well, 95% of the time, you're playing yeah, someone with your record. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Barring yeah. pair ups and pair downs, but generally you're playing. So like you lose your first two games, you're playing against somebody who lost their first two games. We are going to find you an opponent in this tournament. That is your skill level. And then you are going to play a heck of a game against them. Maybe you'll win, maybe you'll lose. Right. But only one person at the tournament loses all their games. Just like yeah. only one person wins all their games. Yeah, it's really common. Like, maybe you have a really, like, you get wrecked your first game. But then you wreck your opponent round two. And then round three, suddenly you're at, like, the perfect skill level with someone. And you just have that great game. And that's kind of what Switch naturally naturally creates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dude, one of the things I'm really excited about for Second Wind is it's basically happening right after this current batch of releases all comes out. So we should have fleshed out S.H.I.E.L.D., Mm-hmm. and we should have the new Hydra affiliation, assuming that that is actually happening, which is, I think, a fair assumption, but I feel like that's right right when we should be getting the, the Hydra models and stuff, too. And so this might be, like, the first tournament with Hydra. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I am less excited about the last minute uh, having to figure out prizes. Cause <laughs> one of the, so one of our really cool things we always do is we always do a like a custom best in faction prize for every faction. Oh, Last year, nice. we're score trackers. Have you seen them? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the ones from prior years. 
Yeah, so uh, it's essentially just like a little woodcut of the leader on a score tracker, on a wood score tracker. And so there's one for every single faction. We plan on continuing to do that. Uh, I, I assume at some point we're going to get to where there's just more factions than there are players in this event, the way that MCPs go. Are we have like 18 <laughs> factions right now? That's, that's probably not a not a crazy uh, crazy future. Um, but at least, I mean, coming up with a Hydra Logan for a wooden token is not difficult. Well, we actually did, we didn't do the logos. We did the portraits of their leaders. Oh. So uh, if you hop over to Second Wind, uh, secondwindchicago.com, you can, uh, they'll have all the information to sign up. So if you guys, listeners, if you're interested in signing up, the information will be there. I expect these tickets to go very fast. But you can also see pictures of uh the prizes we've given out in past years. Uh, we have a really good uh, relationship with KR Multicase. They've sponsored every year of Second Wind. I'm pretty sure they're going to sponsor this year again. I'm waiting on final confirmation on that. Listeners, um, if you have not figured out like how to travel with your miniatures, KR Multicase is well known for having some of the softest foam for so, traveling with miniatures. So good. I I love Battle Foam bags. I love their bags. Uh, KR's foam is far better. I yeah. love KR. Um, we have a commitment from Mats by Mars this year, and uh, I'm still waiting on final confirmation, but I believe our local store, Grognard Games, is also going to sponsor again. I'm very excited across the board. Uh, I think it's going to be a really, really good tournament with some really cool prizes from some uh, really cool uh, sponsors and just producers of cool hobby stuff. Yeah, that's that's great. And obviously, um, uh, so which of uh, which of the so is Ghost going to come out and play or? Absolutely. Is, OK, he, so he gets he to play and then bots and Pat run things. Correct. Nate helps a lot on the back end. Like he built this website that you guys are going to go to. <laughs> like, I don't know how to program a website. What a hero. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Also runs MCPDB.com. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like the the work of just like adding in the, you know, legal rotated. I know he said it wasn't a ton of work, but man, appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And he got it up super quick too. Yeah. For sure. And I will say I've, you know, I've now judged um games for for Ghost and played against him. He's just a wonderful player to be around. So if any of the listeners are also fans of Alfredo's, I mean, I would say, like, if you want to come get games in against some of your favorite Alfredo hosts, um, I haven't played against Vince yet. But, or no, we did. We played an an unofficial game. Yeah. Forgot because you won. (laughs) Um, I seem to recall your dice just shitting on you or something that game. Uh, I don't have, I was playing spiders. I didn't roll that many dice anyway. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a gentleman's game. It was spiders and X Men, so neither one of us really wanted to make attacks. I just got voodoo done. That's all. I, all you guys have to know. Oh, is that what happened? I, I, yeah, I still had voodoo in the list at that point. Yeah, it was a single extract that I just never could get back from voodoo. Oh, Every time yeah. I got it loose, it uh, like came back. Yeah, that was the practice day where I was still playing around with the the non-black order version and i had voodoo in there and i was running single extracts and then i had the awful game in the team event where we spent like 10 power trying to get the alien ship 
and, and like multiple like there was three interacts from Corvus with Reality Gem that did not yield an alien ship. And then at the worst possible moment, our opponents get it with Hulk. And I was I ser- I said out loud, I was like, Well, this game's fucking over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was and I just like I was like and I know that happens sometimes with those. Um and obviously in like in our game it totally worked to my advantage that I was, you know, you know, kind of planning for that, so to speak. But uh when it when you're just like in an awful spot to have any way of dealing with uh, a single extract, it's, it's pretty awful. Yeah. But, uh, I, I'm not a fan of any of the all for nothing scenarios in the game. I like uh, my granularity. I will ticky tack you out for points <laughs> rather than all or nothing you. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, but anyway, I would just shout out to you guys. You're, you're wonderful opponents and I would strongly encourage people who want to come out and, uh, and get in games. Do we know anyone else who's already like committed to coming out? I mean, you're probably more in tune with that than I am. I was bugging Dizzard earlier today and be like, dude, you should come to Second Win and get drunk with me. So I'm hoping to get Dizzard. I think there's probably a good chance to get uh, Gamers Guild Nate. He's like in the area. The question is, it's kind of close to NashCon. So yeah. who knows with that? Uh, Cohen, Mandalorian Orange. Oh, yeah. Love committed that, from coming from Texas. Uh, Kevin Stewart is coming from Canada, who's more of a name and was more of a name in Guild Ball, but uh, has also been on a handful of uh, podcasts in Marvel. I think it's been super funny how often um, we're seeing like all of a sudden a player shows up and wins something and you're like, the rest of us who didn't play their game find out like the guy who just won the Bellevue qualifier was an X-Wing player and like a very, very good one. And I had no idea. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, bots shows up and wins an event and you're, everyone's like, everyone on the guild ball side is like, we know who that guy is. Mm-hmm. Everyone's um, like, who's this guy that just won a 30 man out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, and, uh, like nothing up until that point. Uh, so a friend of mine, Ryan, um, just messaged me a few weeks ago that used to be a, one of like, he won the war machine event at Las Vegas open multiple years in a row. He was a part of the American team. The year that America took first and third, he was on the team that won like just an outright amazing player. And he, she shot me a message recently and was like, Hey, getting into MCP and um, has been building rosters. And it's like, that's a guy that nobody's going to know until he just shows up and crushes an event. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of those people just running around in MCP. Yeah. The meta is so much bigger than every miniatures game I've played, except for maybe Warhammer. But yeah, it's pulling in from everywhere. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Like it's, I mean, it's the most popular IP in the world right now. Yeah, not not surprised. And it's just it's just a great game. And it was, there was this weird Facebook in like after the OP like stuff came out. Um, there was a there was a post and someone was like, wait a minute, this is this is a competitive game. What? And like the was having this. Uh, I don't even remember what I said, but I was like, you know, like this is just a really good, interesting tactical game that is also a thematic, interesting, fun, character driven experience at the same time. Like you can have both. It can be balanced and fun. And I think it's just pulling in everybody. Yeah, I. I'm really happy with it. Um, all right, you wanna you wanna move on? So come to second one, guys. Yeah, for sure. Tickets on sale now. They're gonna go super quick. Uh, Forty five dollars, Chicago, uh, October 
15, 16. And what's the, what's the location they go to purchase it again? Uh, so all the information is going to be on uh, secondwindchicago.com. And essentially, you just PayPal me $45. I'll add you to the long shanks of it. Sweet. Right, so let's let's talk about a little bit about the meta going into these events now, because obviously, you know, we're 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 hitting the beginning of July. Right. And we just had a little bit of a shakeup in the meta. And so you're kind of all in on shield. Right. And sure. Am. What uh, I, I know you you've done a video that kind of like summarized, you know, why, like how you play shield. Um, what. What made you, what was the thing when you started testing them that they were like, I like what this does to the meta? Like, if you were to summarize it, what was the thing you're like, all right, I like what this does? Like, what is that thing? Eye in the sky, man. (laughs) Dude. are so ridiculous. Yeah. So the cards, people are getting better about playing around it. So, like, Eye in the Sky is just a heck of a thing to try to play around. Like, every model has trickster once per round like are you kidding me like as long as as long as fury has power it is true people are getting a lot better at like not giving fury his third power on turn two or forcing me to activate fury in order to do it or putting pressure on fury um but dude eye in the sky is nuts that is the thing that attracted me to this faction like eye in the sky is just super silly i loved lifesaver i was playing Web Warriors, largely because Lifesaver existed, and it's a super Vince ability. Uh, I've played super prisony style stuff for a very long time. I enjoy that style of play. And I just, like, my ultimate philosophy in gaming is that uh, fun is a finite resource. You have to go (laughs) over there, and you have to take your opponent's fun if you want to have fun. There's only so much of it in the universe. You got to go get it. All right. <laughs> got to steal that shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I'm not sure everyone will agree with that point of view, but no, every game is a fun heist. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So do you, are you thinking that shield is going to be really effective in the meta? Like, do you think it's going to be drawing in other players too? Cause it's always a weird thing, right? Where there are affiliations that are strong, and that will pull in players because of the play style and like maybe how easy it is to get into them. There's lots of factors, but shield feels strong, but at the same time has a kind of a unique play style and it may not be one that draws as many players. Where were you standing on that as far as shields popularity? So in my personal opinion, shield is the best dark horse in the game. I have heard you say that on your show. I, I, I think it's even more true now. I think they're stronger than they were. I still don't think they're, they break into the top tier, although Nate will argue that with me now, that they just slide into the last place of the best stuff in the game. But I think okay. they're a little, bit, a little bit lower than that. But they just, like, I think they're going to be unpopular because who plays the superhero game to play the normal humans, <laughs> right? Like so yeah. those, like when we talked about the two types of gamer running around, right? The fluff gamers really aren't going to pick Shield. I don't think so, right? Like, who's like, um, who, what's your favorite superhero? It's, it's literally oh, like the Hawkeye affiliation. Yeah, 
if if I went to you and I was like, "What's your favorite superhero?" and you named anyone in Shield, I would be flabbergasted. Uh, I mean, Iron Man. Like that wouldn't be that okay. weird. Maybe Iron Man. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate War Machine in MCP, but I actually really like him overall um, as the like slightly more military, you know version of uh of tony stark and gets the the black and steel suit i dig um but he's best in shield it's the best play to play place to play him yes but i really don't like him i if i were to play shield there are other characters in shield i would happily play um i'm curious if there's been a rule clarification because i've played against shield and the first game i played against them uh his power gain was very off in how it was played. I'm not going to give the person a uh, uh, a shout out because it's worded very strangely. But to be clear, he only gets power when the minion is damaged. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I play. It was like it felt very strong when I was playing, and I was like, "How does Fury have all this power?" It's because they were giving him power every time anyone was damaged. Oh yeah, that's a lot better. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to interrupt things for just a moment. Uh, two podcasts ago, uh, there was about, I don't know, maybe 150 downloads before I took the episode down and cut something out. But for those that listened, what I'm going to explain is I, I shout out to buddy Jason Flanzer, but he gave me this tip back in War Machine days where occasionally, like as the meta shifts, go back and reread cards and look for things that you maybe didn't notice or maybe now you reread it knowing new releases and things like how it would interact with those things and look for things that that you didn't catch before and i had reread storm's card um partially because i um did something wrong with her at adepticon um and so i was like let me, let me make sure i'm like totally refreshed and i was looking at the card and nowhere on it did it say that you couldn't bounce off of yourself. And I was like, why, why have I been playing it that way? Why have I been forcing myself to bounce off of other characters? And I just briefly mentioned it on the show while I was talking about someone, cause I just recently reread the card and I had totally forgotten. Um, and shout out to Mike DeLuca. He was the first person who shot me a message and said, uh, uh, there was a Rada. And then I immediately remembered like, Oh yes, this was a character that was a rotted, instantly like i think the errata came out even before i think pagani had said there's going to be an faq coming this was meant to be worded where you have to jump off of another character Mm -hmm. and that's why i had always played it that way but when i reread the card i forgot so anyway it's not in the episode anymore it's just this little brief random cut but i apologize to anyone that uh that threw off i still think it's a good habit to go back and reread cards but maybe also a good habit to go back and reread the errata (laughs) Um, but anyway, this is one that I like. I do kind of hope that that gets a little clarification. I can see why the player played it wrong the first round because it, it definitely could use some clarification. But Nick Fury gets power when you damage the grunt. Good way to help get to that three power because Eye in the Sky is ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, man, dude, freaking Nick Fury is so good. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what, a, what a good character. He just does... Like, if you leave the Grunt alone, he does a million damage to you. If you kill the Grunt, he can play Eye in the Sky, and then you don't even get the objective off the Grunt. Ah, this is so silly. Do you find that you mostly play them with 
their affiliated characters, or do you have like some key unaffiliated that you still like bringing in? Uh, so the best unaffiliated for the faction is Venom. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> not surprised. Not necessarily saying I 100% disagree, but I also haven't played them enough to disagree. So uh, It's mostly just that freaking aggressive is just really is a really dumb role to put on Venom. I agree with that. Like the best way to, so people that are new to the game, and I've said this a million of times, and I'll continue to say it. Venom doesn't die to energy weapons. He dies to being shot from outside of range three. When you shoot Venom and he gets to walk at you, guess what? That's range five. That's, that's the longest range in the game, guys. Oh, man, I'm not sure if you watched the Bellevue uh, LVO qualifier games, but there was a streamed game where Venom, just every time he took damage, he was played with uh, Avengers, and just every time he took damage, he just struck back and healed the full. Every time. It was insane. The whole time I was judging it, I was like, Vince would probably just be, like, so eternally happy watching this game. My Venom rolls very, very badly on everything he does, unless it's a snack bag. <laughs> in which case he just murders you. Yeah. And like, if you're going to choose a way to roll a, a Venom, that's the way you want to roll a Venom. <laughs> that is certainly, like, a, certainly a good time. Like, are you sure you want to attack him? Cause you're going to die. Like, and I'm going to be full health. I mean, I've probably played Venom more in Wakanda anywhere else. So I'm not used to my Venom ever rolling bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's just constant rerolls. Yeah. Same thing with Nate, with his, uh, winging at tokens on Venom. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, I did kill Nate's Venom with energy attacks, but it was from outside of range four. Exactly. And that's why people make that mistake, is that most energy attacks aren't range three. Yes. Like, I don't... There isn't a range... There isn't an energy rapid-fire character yet. They're Thank all God. physical, and then there's Hexbolt. It's already the best attack type. Yeah. I was brutally proven uh, wrong on it initially, because I thought it was still Mystic, and then lots of people yelled at me. And convinced me that I was wrong. Oh, there is so many. Uh, recently, there was a discussion in the Danger Room Discord, and we were talking about Peta Flips, and I was saying how much I want another Peta Flip, and I would happily take an F Peta Flip. And then someone's like, what about a Mystic Peta Flip? And I'm like, no, I have played the Domain of Dread Dormammu many times. That is the, um, not the ultimate encounter for Dormammu, but the uh, the OP kit. And that's a Mystic Peta Flip. And that changes the game so dramatically <laughs> that I don't think a, a mystic pay to flip can exist and have 10 characters in the roster. Like, I just don't think you can plan for that and reasonably plan for other things as well. It would just create too much rock, paper, scissors. Cause there's like mysterious, there's so many threes with like four and five and like black widow as a four mystic defense as a two, They're, like the mystic defenses are off the chain. Yeah. I, th I think it'd be fine. Oh, I, how many times have you played the domain of dread Dormammu? Uh, zero times. Cause okay. I, I play real MCP. Um, <laughs> it's still an interesting thought experiment and it, yeah, it, it is, uh, but it, it really changes the dynamics of things. So there's so many characters like Enchantress is so stupid on, on uh, mystic pay to flips. Um, I just don't, I think, I think it creates a really weird dynamic for trying to balance a 10 character roster. And I just think all of a sudden there's a bunch of affiliations that just wouldn't be able to play on a Mystic pay to flip very well. So I think there's other levers you could turn to make it okay. Like if it's like, I don't think you could make Meteors Mystic, but I think you could yes. make like uh, Mutant Madman Mystic 
like pretty fine. Maybe. Like I think I if still... it gets that like you know one point, like like each flipped one is only worth one point instead of whoever has more gets a bucket of points. But do you really want to play in a world where Convocation has a B-shape mystic pay-to-flip? I'm not, I ain't scared. <laughs> uh, I mean, just attack them, and they'll just, they'll just retreat off of it, and then you can go flip it. Like, oh. All right, all right. Uh, uh, also, the, I don't know, I'm not scared. The, the shield matchup against them is hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, I don't... Fun. <laughs> not surprised there that's man I, are you excited to like potentially have some uh four threat affiliated options besides just fury like no, i'm hoping every Cap one and... of those characters is a three you think both human torch and uh captain american are going to be threes yeah i think so i think they are <laughs> i think i'm just going to be the saddest boy that ever lived <laughs> uh, I, just, I will bet you a beer at second win that you get a four in that box. Uh, sure, because I, I want you to really be right, because I want to play this freaking affiliation in affiliation yeah. battle. Yeah, so this is win-win for you. Either you get a four or you get a beer. Like, I don't know. So, like, I think they should give us a four. Like, they should give us a character that is not divisible by three and not named Nick Fury. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm betting so, you get at least one four there. And between uh, Nick Fury uh, Sr. and the box, I bet you get two fours. Yeah, so, like, there's multiple characters in there that I see going either way. Like, I can see the original Human Torch being a three. And actually, probably his most likely spot is probably being a three. And then Captain America First Avenger is, like, I don't know, early Captain America. So, like, less strong than core box Captain America or less you know, like veteran than core box Captain America. So I could see him being a three. But I think, I think if you make him a three, right, I think that's too disappointing for like, I think Captain America is just too popular of a character to put it at the power level of a three. I think you would just upset a bunch of casual players, mm. but I could also see human torch being a, a four. I don't know. I think you're going to get at least one four and I would err on the side of you getting two out of those three characters. You have like a million threes. We have so many threes, dude. <laughs> my current roster for Shield has six threes in it. Yeah. I mean, my X Men <laughs> roster has six threes in it. Ugh. Threes are where it's at. Man, dude, both three and four are like kind of nuts right now. Just like my faction just doesn't have any fours in it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um,. Uh, so to come back to your original question, are there any other characters that are worth splashing? Uh, I think you splash Bullseye because Bullseye does everything that Shield wants to do, which is ticky tack damage and not die. Yeah. And then uh, I also splash uh, Luke Cage. I'm not 100 percent sure that's correct. I just mm-hmm. think okay, putting a, I think just putting another layer of like prison. You don't get to attack what you want when you want. Board <laughs> is like super fun, super funny, and like it just like opens up opportunities for you to make your opponent super sad. And then obviously, like Luke Cage, because of Heroes for Hire and just kind of being Luke Cage, like having Taunt, was just kind of a good Thanos counter. I would just like Thanos was super in the meta, and he would just like follow Thanos around until my Helios laser was ready, and then I would. Day Thanos with Helios laser, and then uh, I'm not scared of an eight threat model that doesn't real that doesn't get to move my team. 
Yeah, that's reasonable. I mean, the Helios laser gets way better with sacrifice being restricted. Mm-hmm. Sure does. I don't have to. I don't have to wait. Actually, and in field dressing, where you're like, oh, cool. So I just Helios him, and he doesn't get stood back up and then med packed. Excellent. That sounds yeah. great. I'm really into that. Well, easy if you Helios like a Hulk or something. That's still you. You mm-hmm. get most of the health down. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. I mean, I'm honestly the weirdest thing about field dressing going is that because I don't play it. <laughs> I'm just so happy that I don't have to have the discussions anymore about why I don't have field dressing in the roster. Yeah, that's, I think that's fair. Uh, I'm so happy that card's gone, man. I hated, I just like hate introducing players to it so much. Like the card's very strong, but like teaching players about how it works and all the little extra value you can get out of it. Just really not a fan of being the one that had to teach them that tough lesson. I will say the part about field dressing going away that I'm sad about is that I'm sad that there's no longer a dead card in everybody's team that I play against because if I do kill someone, I make sure that they're thrown away in some random spot that is not convenient to field dress. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's, there's been so few games where I feel like someone field dressed in any like meaningful way against me in quite a while. Um, but again, it's, it's a great card when I am concerned. So like I'm jumping around thoughts too quickly. I am a little concerned that people don't know what gamma is like without field dressing. (laughs) Gamma is a super sketch scenario. Like you can just be like crushing your opponent on gamma and then get your whole team days and just lose. Yeah. My last game on it, I was, I was certainly losing quite significantly, but I managed to like have their ghost rider at one and set up the situation where we both had lost a couple of characters, but then I was like, Oh, I have first activation. All right. Medusa throws ghost rider into that terrain. He takes one damage. And then I daze moon Knight, and you've got this iron fist out here that I threw away last turn. So he's out in the middle of nowhere facing off against my entire team. And now I'm going to score like eight or nine points and just win. Even though I was losing. Yeah, if you want to see a great example of, like, Gamma, like, going well, going well, going well, and then having one bad turn of Gamma and it costing you the game, you should go check out uh, my latest run the length, where uh, we play Wakanda and Spider-Foes, and uh, something very similar to that happens, and it shows you, like, really just how dangerous Gamma is in a scenario. Yeah, it's... Honestly, I I am for Gamma going. I've encouraged to get rid of Gamma for a long time. I think it... I think we already are playing in a dicey enough game that Gamma just ends. Like, someone just has a dice turn and then Gamma just ends the game. And I just don't feel like... I feel like Gamma often denies, like, one of the most fun turns of the game is the turn that never happens in a game of Gamma. It's such a weird way to pronounce researcher, if you're asking me. <laughs> you're not the only person that said, I don't like researcher either, but um, I, I think researcher does a weird thing to to the game and kind of takes it over, but I, at least I feel like researcher games get to happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just like the, the game is already decided of researcher. I don't like that researcher takes over the secure almost completely, but, um, but yeah. All right. Well, Vince, uh, 
I'm going to start steering things in kind of a, a funny direction because I noticed listening to your podcast that you tend to pose lots of questions to your co-hosts. Oh no. Like, <laughs> um, uh, I enjoyed your hot ones episode uh, quite significantly. Um, you know, obviously I was at Adepticon. I knew you guys were taking off on Friday and skipping the team up event to go record that. And so listeners, I, I know I've talked about it before, but it is well worth watching. I, even if you don't normally YouTube, I would say go and watch the uh, the Hot Ones. Adept- what did you guys, What did you call that episode? I'm pretty sure it's just like uh, Alfredo size three taco truck Hot Ones or something like that. Okay. I, I mean, if you've never watched Hot Ones, you should anyway because it's great. Um, but you, you basically you're eating hot wings and trying to answer questions, um, and you're posing questions to them. As the the great Baron that you are, um, <laughs> who's that guy? That's a different person. <laughs> I was gonna ask, like, uh, so it, you know, how do you how do you uh, handle the personas? Okay, uh, so uh, Nate, Nate, you can just stop listening right now because Nate hates it when I break kayfabe. But <laughs> I, I have this this character that I play on the internet where I dress up in a fancy suit and I say very mean things and I act like like that obnoxious person that sometimes talks about uh, miniatures games in a very, oh, I'm better, aristocratic way of you. Like, all oh, these peasants don't know anything about freaking Marvel Crisis Protocol. And I've done a couple episodes like that. And, uh, man, the first one, people did not get it. And they were so mad. And then as a result, the video did so well. And I tried to recapture that. And everyone was like, yeah, this guy's right. And I was like, no, I'm goofing. Stop it. So um, what was the first topic? Uh, Dormammu's bad. And you should feel bad. And this is when everybody was like, the sky is falling. Dormammu is the best thing in the game. <laughs> right? And I was just like, uh, he's terrible. So where did you get this idea to do uh, to do the Baron episodes? So, okay. Uh, I don't know if you know the YouTube channel Ninjon. No. Uh, he's, a, he's a miniature painter. And he'll have uh, this guy. I think he calls him Carl. But it's like him dressed up as like the hickish, hillbillyest version of himself. Okay. And it'll be like the little skit that's in front of the episode. Well, he'll be like, you know, y'all got to paint with way cheaper paints or whatever, right? Like, he'll just do, like, some hick accent and be funny. And I was like, oh, I kind of like that idea. I want to try on, like, another personality for, like, my opening skits. And then, like, every – at the time, I was really mad because every Marvel Crisis Protocol piece of content was, like, a hot take on a new model that came out. And just, like, with my work schedule, I – and how good I want my content to be. I can't just like churn something out the day of. So it was like also a test of like, how quickly can I write and make an episode that I think is up to like my standards. And so I like combined those two ideas and the first Baron episode came out and man, uh, people were real mean to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, you certainly had some negative responses. Oh boy, did I! <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyway, uh, that's that's why. I mean, 
sometimes when you do content creation, right, you gotta you gotta get creative with it. Be like, how are you gonna be different? And I think mm-hmm. at the very least, there is no podcast like Alfredo's Size Three Taco Truck, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast. And Nate told me that you like hearing the whole thing, and so that's why I always say the whole thing. I do. I mean, I don't know what, like, I don't know even what you mean. Like, you, there's no other way to say it. Like, I, <laughs> I can't just say Alfredo's and you know have a Godfather's reference. Yeah, you're talking about the Godfather right there. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, oh, listeners, in case you didn't know, I have a YouTube channel as well, Vincent Kirkov on YouTube. I have gameplays that are you know 14 minutes long full game of marvel with interviews and sped up commentary and uh it's real good you guys should go uh look at me be an idiot on the youtube (laughs) you put a lot of work into it i appreciate it as someone who's done video content i know just how much work it is and uh it can be draining at times um and i will say if for nothing else listeners you should go watch the hot ones it's Mm -hmm. it's worth it it's it made me consider buying their set of 10 hot sauces more than anything else oh and thank god for my patrons because that's a that's an expense i would never do without them (laughs) it's dropped just 110 bucks on hot sauce for no reason was it only i thought it was like 150 or something like i don't remember (laughs) yeah i was looking at it i was hoping that it was going to fall under 100 and then it did not and that was like oh, i don't know if i can do this i mean i like spicy food in general so i'm sure that multiple of the hot sauces i would probably actually like and cook with them but i feel like there are multiple in there that i'm just going to dislike well uh tell you what i'll I'll bring the three hottest ones to second win because i guess what they're still pretty full yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll you can you can tell me how weak i am on camera oh man I, yeah i'm sure I'm sure they're awful. Like I, I'm one of those people that like spicy food, but I like it in a very medium range. And I like, I, I don't really like food that's like lightly spicy. And I tend to not enjoy as much the heavy spicy, but like somewhere in the middle, I just love, and I almost hate when food's not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to be a guy that was like medium into spicy stuff. And then we started doing these. We did this once for Guild Ball too. And then just like my tolerance for heat, just like, on just like jumped like way high all of a sudden because I apparently murdered myself. Yes. So listeners, um, before we get into the bonus episode, I'm going to ask uh, a random question to uh, Vince here. Cause uh, Vince is known for, ant- you know, prompting lots of questions on his own podcast. So I think it would be fun for his co-hosts and stuff to, uh, Uh, deal with him answering a bunch of questions so from here on in the episode he has no preparation for any of this oh no (laughs) (laughs) he has no idea what i'm going to be asking um and so there are some questions that are just going to be throwbacks to um his show um but i came up with um uh some questions just to like put him on the hot spot but um if you follow on patreon um you know, it's a buck an episode, and so if you do follow that, you're going to get this bonus. This one's going to be kind of more fun, probably not quite as strategic. There's going to be a few questions in there um, to prompt some uh, some interesting discussion, but hopefully this will be a good one to, like, drink and laugh. Um, Vince, are you ready for the first question before we wrap up this episode? I mean, I mean probably not, but as I'll ever be, go okay. for it. Um, so I'm going to ask you some questions that are prompting you to pick one of your co-hosts. 
And okay. my pre-question is going to be, should it just be you, Pat, and uh, Nate, or should we include bots in this as like an honorary member? Uh, sure, include bots. And I'll okay. try to answer as often he's, as he's on the podcast these days. Okay, fair enough. Um, okay, so of all of the hosts of Alfredo's Size 3 Taco Truck and Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast, which of you is most likely to accidentally create an AI that wants to destroy the human race? That wants to destroy the human race? Um, so it's probably Pat, but it's not so much that it wants to destroy the human race. It's just kind of like apathetic <laughs> towards the human race. It's just like, oh, were you breathing that? My bad. <laughs> just has no empathy for the human race and doesn't see why there's any value to it. For your request, I have turned all the oxygen into cash. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so why is it Pat, out of curiosity? Uh, so it's definitely not me and bots due to our, uh, let's say, liberal arts background. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I could, I, we could both write you a heck of a story about an AI that took over. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Pat's currently working on a very secret project that involves lots of math and Marvel Crisis Protocol. Okay. And uh, I just think that... Uh, it could uh, accidentally take over and kill the human yeah, race accidentally. You guys don't. Don't make it do too many. Don't make it need to be too smart. All right. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So we're going to have some fun in the bonus episode. Pat, or sorry, Vince, before we wrap things up, um, any, uh, any shout outs you want to do? I know we've been talking about second wind in your podcast most of the time, but I do this okay. anyway. So guys come to second wind. It is going to sell out very fast. I hope. Um, but my co-hosts are very convinced that I shouldn't even be doing this podcast because this event's going to sell out anyway. Why are you going on Omnis's podcast? <laughs> Wait, did your co-host try to convince you to not record with me? Uh, it's like one of them did. You can, you can figure out which one. Okay. Uh, of the three. <laughs> I do think, I do think you are right that because every event is selling out. It is. They are all selling out like crazy. Literally, so. like, NashCon sold out in a few days. Like, the first hundred tickets we put up for LVO sold in three days. Every MCP event is selling out. Like, yeah. it's... There's just the popularity for the game is now that now that we can do tournaments, everybody is ready. Yeah, and come come, come be ready at my event, please, yeah. guys. Uh, I, I I would like to not have to worry about selling tickets. <laughs> I don't one, think you're going to have to worry, man. day of trying to type stuff into Longshanks at work. But, uh, oh, listeners, you should also check out Alfredo Size 3 Taco Truck, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast. I will, at the very least, credit them with being very unique. And I like listening to them because I don't have to listen to the same character reviews and that sort of thing. You always, you bring some unique episodes, which I appreciate in as someone who listens to lots of things, I appreciate to the very least, whenever I go to listen to Alfredo's, it is a different discussion than what I'm listening to basically anywhere else. And I, I hope that comes across as a compliment. That's high praise. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm going to wrap things up here and say the most OP thing that you can do is play Eye in the Sky every single round of the game and uh, make your opponent hate Nick Fury. 